Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, Vanaka, and welcome to the world in sport. I'm Tali Anderson. This week... I don't believe that, you know, they necessarily need to have that five years of experience. It could be just in there just to tick the box for World Rugby, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be the right person for, for the head coach role. Former Samoa Rugby Internationals back a local to lead the manu. Fiji footballers are setting sights on a potential World Cup berth. And the Vanuatu Women's Beach Volleyball team are set to boost a community-based tournament in celebration of the nation's 40 years of independence. But first, former All Black Savia Tama Irone Clark wants to tap more into the potential of New Zealand's Pacifica community. The RPA-born Clark has begun work as New Zealand Rugby's first Pacifica engagement manager. Pacifica play a big role in New Zealand Rugby on the field, but are still lacking opportunities off it. Clark told Vinnie Wiley this was part of the reason why the position has been established. You know, we recognise that the establishment of this role, it's, it's groundbreaking, um, first and foremost, I mean, especially across at NNZR and across also the other sport, national sporting organisations. It really came as um, um, first as a, a collaboration between New Zealand Rugby and AUT around really lifting in, in terms of the recruitment of Pasifika and non-playing roles across Aotearoa. And I think through that, um, we began to see and uh, recognise some of the aspirations of Pacific as well, that it's not just in playing, but certainly recognising that other areas around administration, coaching, um, governance, where already our Pacifica, in terms of playing roles, are huge contributors and significant stakeholders. But now we're actually, in terms of really looking to see in other areas that we don't feature, that um, it really is an area that uh, Pasifika can also um, um, assume in those roles. So I think that's, so in essence, that's how this role really came into fruition. Yeah, and you, of course, were a part of the Pacific Advisory Group that was set up a few years back, and, you know, the AUT project you're talking about, uh, the, the Navigating Two Worlds project, um, I guess the good thing about that, it was kind of a collaboration too. It wasn't a case, you know, it was a case of, you know, Auckland Rugby and and the scene up there sort of identifying that there was this issue in NZR and, and wanting to do something about it. It wasn't a case of, you know, um, reactionary. It was it was reasonably proactive. That's right, absolutely. And I think that's the wonderful thing as New Zealand Rugby recognising the contribution of Pacific um, in our game that we love. And I think um, really in recognising that as Pacifica, we are, you know, we're quite an integral part of the, the rugby community. And I think that's really, in essence, seeing how, in other ways, that where Pacifica can and um, assume other different roles and really playing influencing and leading role in those key areas. And so um, this collaboration or this project of the Navigating Two Worlds really um, aimed at hitting those key areas. So, um, And then, of course, the implementation of it, and that's what part of this, particularly this role, uh, really begins to um, move into and, of course, uh, begin to work with uh, the rugby community through NZR. And that's exciting. I'm, I'm absolutely excited about this too. 
So what exactly will you be doing? Is it a case of really at that grassroots level, talking to clubs, talking to communities, is is high-performance element as well with like super rugby sides, etc.? That's right. It's really recognised where changes need to occur or um, or enhanced really across um, our rugby communities, and it could be it's certainly from the grassroots all the way up to our elite performances. Certainly, when you think about the cultural responsiveness um, of our, um, that's probably one of the, the key things. Looking at well-being in terms of our speakers' um, perspective, what does it look like for Pacific peoples? And so that would really help to bring out a lot more of an understanding and empathy, and of course. Um, an ability for um, the rugby community to respond better to our Pacific um, communities, our Pacific um, athletes as well, and of course their families too. Because of course I don't want to make you sound old, Irani, but uh, it has been a a few years since you've retired, of course. Uh, Your your experiences since you've retired and and still stayed involved in the game, what what have you been hearing from New Zealand's Pacifica rugby community? Because as you say, they're a huge part of it. All all the sort of stuff that came out of this review and came out of this study, are those things that you anecdotally had sort of experienced or, or come across? Yes, so I think that's the really thing to rec- that we recognise that, yes, of course, our game is evolving. Um, however, when you think about some of the, looking at some of the key issues, particularly around understanding of Pacific communities, um, how we can really tap into the, the potential um, of, our, of our Pacific communities in different, I mean, particularly non-playing roles. Has it changed a lot over the years? I, mean, I think that's a really good question. And I think the, the fact that we recognise NZR um, really understanding that the, the contribution of Pacific um, to um, the game and, of course, recognising some of the, the issues. I mean, the great thing about it, too, is seeing that I'm a lot more invested these days because, obviously, we have my son that's playing. So, and having those conversations um, at home and kind of getting a sense and a feel of what's still happening and, and what's changing and what are the different responses, how can we change the responses to those have been really quite interesting. And I think one of the well-being is huge is quite significant um, today when you really think about it, the well-being of our athletes and also the involvement of families are really important in decision-making processes as well. And so that's kind of part of what I'm seeing and hearing still um, uh, over 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 just the, this, this period since being involved directly in the game. Former All Black and New Zealand Rugby's first Pacifica Engagement Manager, Savia Tama Irone Clark. The Fiji Football Association is hopeful its national team can make history by being the first ever Pacific Island women's team to qualify for the World Cup. Fiji's chances have been boosted by last week's announcement that Australia and New Zealand would co-host the 2023 World Cup. New Zealand and Australia are the only Oceania representatives to compete at a full FIFA Women's World Cup, although Australia is now in the Asia Confederation. New Zealand have won four consecutive OFC Women's Nations Cup titles to secure Oceania's sole qualifying spot. But now, by virtue of their successful hosting bids, both countries have automatic slots at the 2023 tournament and there's a possibility their traditional qualifying spots are still open. CEO Mohamed Youssef says, if confirmed, this would be tremendous for the Pacific. Yes, it's going to be 32-country competition with, uh, I think, four pools to be played in New Zealand, four in Australia. And, of course, uh, New Zealand and Australia as host uh, will have automatic qualification, and this will give one of the island countries a chance to go to World Cup directly. And it's a massive, massive boost for women's football in the Pacific. We probably had a, started a structured program from 2016 onwards. And until 2018, we were unranked in uh, FIFA and OFC. 
But uh, that paid dividends, and we, in the Ocean Nations Cup in 2018 in uh, Nicoledonia, we played New Zealand in the final, you know. So, and then uh, we, at the moment, we are ranked uh, 63 in the world in women's. Uh, so with that uh, and with our restructured programs of under-16 uh, girls league, we have got 16 clubs and uh, under-19 girls, we've got 19 clubs. Senior women's, we've got 18 clubs with a regular competition. Uh, it is paying dividends, and thus we are uh, trying to able to put up good, uh, strong uh, women's team, national teams, and also in the age group as well. So uh, with that uh, now and with this announcement, uh, FIGFA will now go into an overdrive and to ensure that our girls are well prepared in the next two, three, two years to be able to compete in Oceania and qualify. We love to work hard. We also opened up... Um, uh, our uh, eligibility to the Fijian nationals who are residing in Canada, U.S., Australia, New Zealand. So that that is also helping us. Uh, the last time we played the Nations Cup, we had Trina Davies uh, who played in the U.S. and she was uh, probably the uh, star of the whole tournament in Kenya Delvinia. As uh, likely we got uh, interest from other and uh, girls who are playing some good uh, high level of football in these countries. Uh, of uh, p- p- uh, children of p- Fijian p- uh, uh, parents are from Fijian origin, uh, and that shown a lot of interest. So, uh, great opportunity uh, for our national coach and technical team to have a look at all that and then bring the best team to prepare for these uh, OFC qualifiers. CEO of the Fiji Football Association, Muhammad Yusuf. The Vanuatu women's beach volleyball team are set to boost a community-based tournament in celebration of the nation's 40 years of independence. Eight men's and eight women's six-a-side teams have been confirmed to compete in the indoor volleyball championships and will play a total of 40 matches over a four-week period. Tournament director Mike Masolfakalo says it is great to see national players getting involved. So what we've done is basically encourage the national players to to go back to their communities, set up teams, and then come back and compete against each other. But they will be competing um, competing with teams uh, from the communities they come from. So, for example, you have the likes of Lindin Matawatu, who is from Mele. Um, she is captaining the Mele team, uh, participating in this event. And then you've got the likes of uh, Shefshin Toko, who is from... Uh, another community and she is captaining another team uh, from that particular community. So so that's the sort of arrangement that we, we, we've organized with the players to go back, organize teams, register those teams and then come back and play in the uh, in this independence event so, so that we can have a, I guess you can say so that we can have a fair distribution of players and fair competition as well. I think the reason behind it is because we've been all isolated as a result of this COVID-19 and then have the state of emergency because of the um, the TC Herald, Tropical Cyclone Herald. Um, this is seen as an opportunity where we can all bring communities together again and feel that, you know, despite all these challenges, life has to go on. You know, we've gone through, we've gone through many challenges uh, as a country and, and as a sport. Uh, but we've continued to to be resilient uh, and continue to be strong and then continue to 
to prosper. That's the tournament director of the Indoor Volleyball Championships, Mike Masofagalo. Former Manu Samoa internationals have thrown their support behind the idea of a local coach leading the team into the next World Cup. Applications to succeed Steve Jackson closed last week, although the job description states the successful candidate must have a minimum of five years coaching experience at Super Rugby or an equivalent level. Despite the job description signalling a preference for an offshore appointment, Former Manu Samoa halfback Tino Junior Pululeo Linganga says the Samoa Rugby Union should consider applications from coaches with less experience. I don't believe that you know they necessarily need to have that five years experience. It could be just in there just to tick the box for both rugby, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be the right person for for the head coach role. You know, an international coach, and we've had this in the past where they could have all the experience and meet the criteria and have good results but then come into a Manu Samoa environment and not perform and get results. So what's really important is that the person is the right person for the job. Tuki Tsafua, who was a local coach, um, who was a head coach of Manu Samoa, did really well uh, during his time um, around the 2011 World Cup. Um, and he was a local coach, well-respected as well. Um, he didn't um, have all the, um, the accolades of some of the other previous coaches, Um, an achievement on a CV, but he was the right person, um, I believe, uh, during his time in in regards to living on Ireland, knowing the culture, uh, being able to speak the language, um, understanding relationship, being well-connected around the people. And he was a head coach uh, during my time as well. And I felt that he was, he didn't have as much knowledge or experience, but he really knew how to uh, manage his assistant coaches who were both from overseas, and he worked with them really well, um, and he was overseeing a lot of the a lot of the program. And I think you know that that combination worked really well, and that's in Samoa had in better days back then. I know there's been some talk about maybe Mahonri taking the top role, well, him being someone that could mm. possibly take the lead. Um, maybe Brian Lima. Is there anyone that stands out for you that maybe you'd like to see in that role? Um, so when you think about the you know, the, the glory days, not, and not going as far back as the 90s, with all due respect, but when you think about the days where there was a lot of respect in the jersey, you know, recent times you think of Mahonri, um, especially when they beat Australia uh, before the 2011 World Cup. And he was well-respected then. He was one of my skippers during my time. And he was one of those players that you, you know, you'd, you'd die for on the field. And um, he's got a lot of experience in being part of uh, different campaigns and winning Super Rugby titles as well. And um, he's someone, and I think I think it's really important that at this point in time we've got four years to the next World Cup. And if we want to recruit and make it um, appealing to all these French players that are on the fringe of the All Blacks, we need to put some respect back into the blue jersey. And he's someone that gains that respect um, when you think about Monsamo uh, in recent times, so he's one that would stand out for me. I know he's been doing um, some coaching with his academy, and he's been on on a lot of courses, and and he was part of that Manuma Global Rapid Rugby Team campaign as well. So he may not have the experience as some of these other um, applicants that have been part of uh, professional rugby teams overseas, uh, but he does have the respect of the people and former players as well. So I would he would stand out for me. Former Manusa Moa player Tino Junior Poluleo Linganga. And that's the world in sport for this week. For more, head to our website rnzi.com. Vinaka.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.